Support for Eagles Enemies is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, just like we're providing you this podcast for the best analysis for each Eagles game every week. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. And 18 months, guys, is about how long it took Howie Roseman to kind of assemble this team to what we have now. And you know what we're dealing with. Uh, they're... Th- Manscaped's third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. And, I mean, if Manscaped could offer some of that advanced skin-safe technology to patch up the Eagles' offensive line, that would be fantastic. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so one-and-a-half football games, so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor, which is the equivalent to how fast Jalen Rager runs on the field every single week with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud, Because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by the simple power source of USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours, get 20% off, and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's right, I said get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. Let's get into another edition of Eagles Enemies presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. Reach out, it could be better than a fantasy. I got my levels out of place last night was a long one Looking for a quick fix, looking for a shortcut But if I want a game plan uh, for the long run What do I bring to the table, said dumb luck There's a good chance the last thing I pick up Will show up in my sleep and crash all my dreams With some shit I won't repeat Cause it's not what I'm proud of Some heaviness, some pettiness, some things I'm ashamed of Alright Eagles fans, uh, it's not looking too great right now We're 0-2 after uh, an abysmal showing Against the Los Angeles Rams And uh I am feeling quite scared for this weekend with Joe Burrow and the Bengals coming into town. And who better to uh, break down this Bengals team than someone who covers the Bengals and LSU and has the lowdown on Mr. Joe Burrow himself, and that is PFN's own Chrissy Freud. Welcome to the show, Chrissy. Thanks for coming on Eagles Enemies. Hey, thanks for having me. So... First things first, give me the, your 
analysis of two games so far in the NFL of Joe Burrow because I have been thoroughly impressed. I think a lot of people have been impressed uh, by what he's been able to do, even though the Bengals have not been able to you know, muster out that win yet. I think it's on the horizon for them. It could be this week with how bad the Eagles have looked, but uh, tell me your thoughts on how uh, Joe Burrow's NFL career has gotten off to a pretty good start, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the the last two Bengals games, it's come down to a matter of five points or less, so you can tell that they're really uh, right there. But I, I feel sad for Joe Burrow, I'll be honest. Um, I, I think that he's executed perfectly. I think that he's done everything perfectly himself. It's just the fact that his offensive line is not doing their job well. Uh, the Bengals entered the season with several position battles within the offensive line, and I think they're really still trying to find themselves there. Um, I believe Joe Burrow has been sacked, I want to say, six times so far this year. Uh, that's stuff that they really can't allow to happen. The pass protection hasn't been as great as it should be. But um, overall, I think that Joe's looked pretty accurate. And the thing that I'm really happy to see is that the abilities that we saw him show at LSU, they're translating to the pro level. It's just that his supporting cast, in my eyes at least right now, is inadequate. And so I think that whenever the Bengals can find themselves and establish some more consistency on offense in general, then we'll really be able to put it all together because, I mean, the accuracy, the poise, pocket presence, all of that, I've always commended Joe Burrow on his mental makeup. I say that he's the most complete quarterback mentally that I've ever covered, and I think that he's holding that together. We don't see the big wide-eyed rookie moments from him that we've seen from so many other guys in the past, and so I think that he's doing a really good job at the next level. Yeah, and I think he's put this team on his back because, like you said, I think it all starts with the offensive line, and I think that's taken away from a lot of the skill position players that we expected to kind of get a boost with the Bengals this year, most notably Tyler Boyd. You know, there was talk that Joe Burrow and Tyler Boyd were building a lot of chemistry in this weird training camp that we had, and it really hasn't translated much until this past week when, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the game script kind of fed into – uh, Joe Burrow uh, passing to Tyler Boyd. He gets that touchdown late in the game. Do you expect Tyler Boyd and Joe Burrow's connection to continue to build? Because it seems like he's the guy that he likes throwing to over A.J. Green. Absolutely. And I think it's funny because we went into the season with this highly touted group of Bengals wide receivers, and they haven't really done what we expected <laughs> them to. And the top two guys are not the ones that are really uh, carrying the passing game. And we had I want to say one game where I believe it was Joe Mixon entering the fourth quarter was the top receiver, and that's, that's something that you want to see. But, yeah, that's one thing I touched on uh, this week at PFN was Tyler Boyd. I listed him as a player to watch because that, as you said, that's the guy that Joe really seems to be establishing chemistry with. I think that we'd like to see him establish more chemistry with John Ross and A.J. Green in the future. But right now, Boyd seems to be the guy that's stepping up. But that's the thing that's so interesting to me about this Bengals team this year is just how – up and down, they are at almost every single position on both sides of the ball and how many question marks were surrounding all those positions heading into camp. I mean, this team was really just kind of busted wide open and we're, we're seeing who's going to rise to the top as the season goes on. Obviously only two games in, but it's already been a little bit unexpected. How unfortunate of a loss was C.J. Uzoma, you know, that injury? And it seemed like Joe Burrow was starting to trust him a little bit too at the tight end position. How big of a loss is that to this offense? And is there any way that his production gets made up with the guys that are still on the roster at the tight end spot? Yeah, I think the Bengals do have some pieces to work with there. I think that we're still kind of 
like I said earlier, kind of seeing who's going to emerge as those top receiving targets. But I, I believe that Joe Burrow's longest pass, that the Bengals have lacked some uh, explosive plays so far this season, but I want to say it was 23 yards uh, to CJ. And that was, that was like the biggest play the Bengals have had all year. So of course, of course, Joe is probably going to wish he had that guy on the field, but um, yeah, so it's, it is a pretty big loss and they're going to have to make up for that, but they just in general on offense, there's a spark that's lacking and they need to get their feet under them really quick. And if they don't, then they're going to keep losing these games by a small margin. And then coming into this game against the Eagles, I think one of the the bright spots for this Eagles team is just how deep they are at the defensive line, especially on the interior. How can Joe Mixon kind of solve going up against guys like Javon Hargrave, who he's seen in the past when he was with the Steelers, Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, and then even like Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett switching on the insides and coming from the outsides. This Eagles defensive line has done a, a pretty decent job this year stopping the run. How do you see Joe Mixon kind of trying to figure those guys out? Um, I think it's going to be difficult. That that is one of the better groups that they've gone up against so far. Granted that it is still early in the season, of course. But one thing that we see with this Bengals offense is that they're lacking balance. Joe Burrow threw the ball 61 times last game, so I think I think them just finding a balance and then and then trying to find a balance against a run defense like that is going to be especially difficult. So I'm. I'm not necessarily sure that we see the Bengals balance out the way that they want to this game. And I think the the big question that I've gone into every week so far for the Eagles is just because of the, the wide receivers they've had to face, who does Darius Slay match up against? Because he's done a fantastic job this year. I believe he's only allowed like two catches on eight targets so far. If you're you know putting yourself into Jim Schwartz's shoes, would you put Darius Slay on Tyler Boyd, or do you put him on the bigger A.J. Green target just because of who A.J. Green is? I would say Tyler Boyd at this point, just because that's kind of who Joe's been hooking up with on the field. Um, because Green hasn't, he hasn't reached that level of production that we were wanting to see him at. And I think that you should kind of just go to the guy, whoever, whoever the quarterback seems to be favoring, and we're kind of starting to see those guys emerge a little bit. So I, I, I would put him on Boyd. That's just my personal opinion. I completely agree. Just like you said, like those two are building that chemistry, and um, I think it's only going to get better, and Tyler Boyd seems to be the number one target for Joe Burrow, uh, and it looks like it's going to be that way moving forward. So I would definitely put Darius Slay on Tyler Boyd. Uh, one of the other players you put in your, your players to watch for week three is Geno Atkins at the defensive tackle spot, and, you know, the Bengals last played Nick Chubb. They get Miles Sanders this week. This Bengals defensive line is, you know, they're still coming into their own. How do you think they match up against a, another, you know, shifty kind of do-it-all running back like Miles Sanders? Um, I think that to have Atkins back would be a major addition just because of how, how badly that this run defense has struggled. Um, and it's not – it's not just like oh they're not they're not doing as good as we expected them to. It's they they almost look like they don't even want to tackle. Granted that Nick Chubb is a hard guy to go up against, but um, yeah, just like I mentioned earlier, the same way as the offensive line had a bunch of position battles, the defensive line was pretty much as wide open. And I think that we're still seeing some problems there, and that it might be midseason before they finally figure it out. Um, but I I think that having Atkins back in that lineup is going to provide a lot more solidity. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the Eagles' offensive line through 
the first two weeks. They have not been particularly great overall, especially in that Washington game where, uh, you know, you said Joe Burrow's been sacked six times all season. Carson Wentz got <laughs> sacked eight times in one game. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was, it's been rough, and, you know, the injuries continue to pile on, but I think this could be a potential, like, find a groove game for this Bengals defensive line because of all the injuries the Eagles have, the the age of the Eagles offensive line also isn't particularly great. Jason Peters has not looked phenomenal or worth the money that the Eagles gave him uh, to mm-hmm. move over to left tackle. I mean, I this Bengals defense isn't the greatest on paper, but it kind of scares me coming into this game just knowing how banged up the Eagles are. Again, like the past two days they've had 10 guys on the injury report, and it seems like the Bengals are getting a little bit healthier quicker than the Eagles are. Mm-hmm. And now the Eagles are also down to four healthy wide receivers. I think this is a nice get-back game for the Bengals. Do I sound crazy for saying that? No, no. I, I think I've I viewed this one uh, just looking into it this week as the game where the Bengals are finally going to get their first win. They're going up against a team that's very vulnerable. And like you said, whenever we – I guess we can call it the injury battle. <laughs> when we look at both sides, the Bengals do seem to have the upper hand. So – I mean, I can see this one being a very close one. I can see this coming down to like three to seven points the way that the other games have gone uh, for Cincinnati. But I do think that they they have the advantage um, overall. And I think that Joe Burrow will finally pull it out this time. So Yeah, Joe Burrow absolutely terrifies me. Like he just, like you said, like his mental makeup, is, but he's just so confident out there. Last game, like we talked about, he threw 61 times without an interception, broke Carson Wentz's record. Um, and, I mean, he just seems like this is no big deal to him, and he's just, you know, smoking Joe Burrow. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow is probably the most unbothered person I've ever met in my entire life. And this is coming from someone who spent two seasons uh, in and out of, like, the practice facility, post-game interviews, uh, weekly interviews. So I was – seeing him and or talking to him probably four or five times a week for quite a while. And there's just, there's something just weird and just like unshakable about him. I I truly can't say I've ever met anyone in my life uh, quite like Joe Burrow. And he is intimidating. I don't get intimidated by football players very often, but there's just, there's something about his demeanor. And then we used to make a joke that it looked like he was like trying to like look into your soul whenever he would answer a question that you would ask. (laughs) It really did. Like it freaked me out. Like, I would ask him a question. He'd look over and I was like, Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've, I haven't, I don't think I've met a more confident and unshakable person than Joe Burrow. What do you think makes him tick like that? You know, you're probably one of the, the few people I know that knows Joe Burrow better than anyone. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what do you think makes him tick and gives him this, you know, overarching confidence in himself? I think he's just self-assured. He knows, he knows what he can do. Um, he knows what he's capable of, and he's not—he's not affected by the outside noise. He's not affected by anything else that goes on. I think that ever since he entered Ohio State, even when he was on the bench, he was confident in what he could do. And he even made a, a some sort of comment to the tune of like, "I know that I can play football. I want to go somewhere where I can play. Like I know that I can play quarterback." Um, before he came to LSU, and obviously he proved that. But um, yeah, I've. I, I think I think that he's he's going to do really well really quickly just whenever the Bengals can finally get it together around him, which they've, they've failed to do so far. Yeah, he, he seems like he's on the upward trend of being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. 
Um, oh yeah. And this weekend we we said the injury battle. It's also the the brothers Taylor battle as head coach of the Bengals. Zach Taylor goes up against his brother Press. Is this something you think that Zach Taylor, you know, secretly has circled on his calendar and looking forward to coaching against his brother? Yeah, maybe. I think that there's always that kind of like sibling rivalry, like with the Harbaugh's and stuff like that. So that's that's kind of funny to think about. But I, I imagine it feels a little bit sweeter whenever you uh, beat somebody you're related to. Absolutely. And I mean, you you look at how the Eagles have played these past two weeks. The offensive line was better against the Rams, which shocked me. Um, you know, Aaron Donald graded out his one of his worst games since 2016. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's still more injuries. Isaac Sayamalo now out for the Eagles. How does Carson Wentz kind of, you know, bounce back against this Bengals defense that we both agree this could be a get-right game for them, but if Carson Wentz wants to, you know, silence all of this doubt around him right now and kind of get back on track to the quarterback that a lot of people know him to be, where can he find those holes to kind of beat this Bengals defense? Yeah, I think that Carson Wentz is a sound quarterback, and I think that the Bengals have they, – they do have a lot of holes on defense. There's a lot that still hasn't been solidified, so I think that he does have the opportunity to take advantage of that. It's just it's going to come down to whoever really shows up that day because these are two teams that are struggling in a lot of areas right now, and I think that it's going to be close, and I think it's going to come down to is it – Carson Wentz and the Eagles offensive line that's able to step up or is it the Bengals and their offensive line and their defensive line that finally come to play this time and I mean I think if all things go right if both of these offensive lines can have any semblance of you know protection for both of these quarterbacks I think this game has potential for a shootout um, and I think the biggest targets now that the Eagles only have four healthy wide receivers that Carson doesn't really seem to have any chemistry with outside of Deshaun Jackson right now are the two tight ends. How do you see the the uh, Bengals trying to stop the the one-two punch of Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz? Um, I think that the Bengals' secondary has been okay this year. I think that they've been more average, so I think it's just going to be a matter of how they perform this time. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's a, a get-right game for Zach Ertz, too. Um, you know, <laughs> there's, there's history with... Zach Ertz against the Bengals and people questioning his toughness a couple years ago when these two teams faced. Um, and then obviously the the contract dispute that is going on with Zach Ertz and the Eagles front office has clearly trickled over uh, into Zach Ertz's play because he has not been anywhere close to what I think a lot of people expected him to be. Um, mm-hmm. So I think if he's able to get right, that's kind of one of my players to watch in this game is if Zach Ertz can kind of beat this Bengals defense. Yeah, I mean, I used to view Zach Ertz as one of the best tight ends in the game. So I think that if he can kind of resurge and get back to himself, then I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I mean, not only against the Bengals, but for the rest of the season. Has it been a surprise to you to see how much Giovanni Bernard's been used in passing downs over Joe Mixon? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I wasn't really too high on him ahead of the season, but I, I just think it's funny. Like when you look at Tyler Boyd over – AJ Green and John Ross like who would have known like who would have ever predicted that so it's it's been kind of interesting to see that but I didn't expect that now how much do you think his elite mustache has come into play with uh, Joe Burrow throwing to him as much as he has (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe a little bit um you know and this this Bengals team they're still growing I think that there's a bright future for them but if you had to say you know one guy that's going to kind of dictate this game outside of Joe Burrow who I think is going to have a pretty damn good game 
Um, is it going to be Geno Atkins? Is it Tyler Boyd? Or is it somebody else that you're also kind of looking for on this Bengals team to, you know, be an X factor against the Eagles? I mean, I'm really looking to Geno and Tyler on this one, just because I think that Geno Atkins brings such an instant boost to an area that the Bengals are struggling so badly in right now. And I think that since um, AJ Green and John Ross are lacking in chemistry with Joe Burrow right now, I think that Tyler Boyd is, has the potential to be one of the players that helps really carry the offense through this one. I will say, if Tyler Boyd matches up with Darius Slay, A.J. Green's got one hell of a height advantage over Avante Maddox. So that's also something I'm going to watch for. (laughs) So maybe if that happens, we'll see A.J. Green get a little bit more involved than we've seen through these first two. Yeah, I mean, Avante Maddox is one of the toughest corners I've ever watched, but he's 5'9". A.J. Green is, you know, Godzilla compared to him. So, I mean, if Tyler Boyd does draw Darius Slay and A.J. Green gets the height advantage probably won't even have to jump up for the ball if Joe Burrow puts it in the right spot. Yeah, see, I'm 5'10", and I've thought about that whenever I'm walking around football players. Sometimes, like, I don't – some of these matchups, like, y'all really have to be out here struggling. (laughs) (laughs) When you look at this game and when it's all said and done, clock hits zero in the fourth quarter, who do you think comes away with a win? Is there any hope for this Eagles team against the Bengals? I think that the final score is somewhere around maybe 23 to 21, somewhere ballpark, and I think that it could really be anybody. I'm going to go ahead and take the Bengals on this one. But if, if the Eagles were on the right side of the win column on this one, right side of the scoreboard, I would not be the least bit surprised. It's going to be one hell of a week if the Eagles drop to 0-3, and I still think it'll be one hell of a week if they drop to if they improve to 1-2. and um last one before I let you let you go and plug everything that you do because you cover the Mm -hmm. Bengals in a fantastic fashion for PFN thank you um Jalen Hurts saw the field uh in week two for the Eagles does that concern you any bit you know with this gadget Taysom Hill talk that I absolutely hate um (laughs) I think the whole Taysom Hill experiment is so overblown but Jalen Hurts being on the field at the same time as Carson Wentz with the lack of you know, skill position players due to injury for the Eagles. Is that something that could kind of throw this Bengals defense off a little bit? Yeah, I think it could just because it's kind of a weird, it's, I think it's kind of a fad thing, but it's one of those weird things that's really hard to prepare for. I think it's funny because all these, um, I actually covered a player ahead of the draft that's stepping into a Taysom Hill role and he was the Taysom Hill before Taysom Hill was Taysom Hill. So I'm very uh, wrapped up in that whole realm, (laughs) but, um, yeah, it's it's almost kind of an it's almost become kind of irritating to me to see how many of these teams try to like copy that because not everyone is cut out for that. And another thought that I have on that is I feel like there's so many of these guys that they try to plug in as a gadget player that are just not really superior at any position, but they're adequate enough at all these different positions and so Obviously, Taysom Hill worked out very well for him in New Orleans, continuing to do that. But I don't think that it that it necessarily works everywhere. And I'm curious to see as to if Jalen Hurts can maintain that role and if he can be very successful in it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, they had like three plays for him last week, and one of them got Dallas Goddard open, and the other ones just kind of seemed like a waste, especially when you have Carson Wentz and seems like he's not fully – you know, mentally there right now. He's a mess Uh Um, and playing a guy that you drafted in the second round as a quarterback uh, in week two didn't really help the 
quarterback debacle that is Philadelphia Eagles football. Um, so it's been quite a mess with you know just the situation in and of itself. But if Doug Peterson can scheme him in and, and hopefully get him utilized in different ways, it might open up some things with the lack of skill position players and hopefully translate into an Eagles win so the Philadelphia fan base can be happy for once in our lives. Um, Chrissy, you're the absolute best. Appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to hop on the show. Let everybody know where they can follow you on social and uh, check out all your Bengals coverage for PFN. Of course. Yeah. I'm Chrissy underscore Freud on Twitter. That's where pretty much all my stuff goes. And I cover the Bengals and mostly quarterbacks around the NFL at Pro Football Network right now. And then I cover the LSU Tigers and the Tennessee Titans at a USA Today Sports Media Group. And then starting in October, I will be back with The Advocate adding high school football back into that mix. So that's always fun. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, very busy schedule. Uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to it, I think. <laughs> you're one of the best in the business. I appreciate it again. Keep yeah. doing what you're doing because uh, you do it damn well. Thank you. Well, there you have it, Eagles fans. It seems like this game is going to be close, just like I expect it to fully be. Joe Burrow's just so damn good, you know, and the connection he has with Tyler Boyd uh, that could draw the Darius Slay matchup, could open things up for A.J. Green, could open up things for John Ross in the slot. Joe Mixon could get going. We know Fletcher Cox isn't 100% going into this week. It's It's scary. You know, I am terrified of this game. Uh, the Bengals, you know, even though they haven't been able to pull off a win yet, they still look damn good. They're confident. They believe in Joe Burrow. And, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, you should not be surprised if, you know, when it's all said and done on Sunday that the Eagles end up losing this game. I have no idea what the score is going to be. I think it could be low scoring or it could be an absolute shootout. We'll have to wait and see. But, uh... Big thank you to Chrissy Freud for hopping on the show. Make sure you guys are following her at Chrissy underscore Freud. That's C-R-I-S-S-Y underscore F-R-O-Y-D. She covers the Bengals for Pro Football Network and does a damn good job at it. And uh, make sure you're following us on social media. Keep up to date with all things Philadelphia Eagles at Underground PHI. You can follow me on Twitter at K-B-I-Z-Z-L-3-1-1. And make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Let me know what you think about this game heading into Sunday, how you're feeling confidence-wise. Scale 1 to 10, are you afraid of Big Bat Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals? What happens if the Eagles start 0-3? Let me know. Apple Podcast reviews. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia. Subscribe to the show. Five stars only because we have standards and we know you do too. You can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. We'll see what goes down, guys. Uh, make sure you are also following the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash PHI for Sunday mornings, the Breakfast Blitz with myself and the 4th and Goal crew as we break down all things fantasy football, gambling, and all that good stuff. And... Um, yeah, Eagles Bengals. We're already in week three. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully the birds come away with their first win. Because otherwise, it is looking like slim pickings for 
win number one of the season. This has been Eagles Enemies, Season 3, Episode 3. Again, big shout-out to Chrissy Freud. Shout-out to Tomahawk Shades, TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP at checkout. Saves you 25% off your order. And, of course, shout-out to the big homies over at Manscaped, Manscaped.com. Put in the code USP at checkout. Saves you 20% off your order, and you get free shipping. Your balls will thank you. Like I said, this has been Season 3, Episode 3 of Eagles Enemies, presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your host, KB. We'll catch you next week. Go Birds.